Listener, sometimes I feel at a loss. It is you and I within this bird's eye view, seeing a story of the dark and the hopes and fears of those caught within. We see the crying tears of a mother in Shadowgrange that doesn't know where in that manner her daughter is kept, wallowing in the decrepit corpse of a house. We see the Inquisitor Sita being stirred from her sleep as the sound of bells and the scent of smoke rouses her from her tenuous slumber. We see the man, Rem Corrales, hidden, battling against fiends in the streets with flashes of steel and holy light, but fleeing at the sounds of the church he serves. We see the druids and the savage folk of the hills gathering around the mountainous bones of the earth in prayer of a lord who will free them from their loss and pain. We see the caves of the burgeoning Howl Pack and a strong, dark-skinned woman looking for something to believe in. We see the shattered remnants of soldiers praying with a conflicting but nonetheless real faith in the righteousness they hope to serve again. We see the vampire progenitor, Strephon Moore, calmly and idly contemplating his words in the days to come as he gazes out at the shrouded window of his wagon. And we see a woman that looks remarkably like Grimhild, but dressed in a red dress that cascades and flows like a river of blood as she leans in and whispers something secret, something dark to a glass and metal contraption flowing with ice-white light. Though I suppose most notably, see her smile. A true, powerful smile, not fiendish. The confidence of someone who has made up their mind. And yet, despite seeing all these things, listener, we're still caught along in this story, hoping we will see how it ends. Whether this is a story of redemption, vengeance, or just pure tragedy. Though I suppose that's for them to decide. But now plans are in motion, and there's no turning back. Hi, Internet. Welcome back to the Curse of Innistrad. If you miss us, probably not, but welcome back anyway. So, let's see. Where we last left off, uh, we had a number of revelations last time, I suppose. Uh, after the strange raising from the dead of the son of Baron Kresk, uh well, Kreskov, I keep doing that because the city's Kresk named after him. Anyway. Uh, in Kresik, Baron Kreskov's son has been raised from the dead mysteriously, and in, invest in investigating this process, our band of adventurers found themselves going up to the snow-crusted abbey at the top of the neighboring hill. The uh, abbey that they learn is to uh, St. Traft, dedicated in his name. Uh, upon arriving there, after some pre-inspection by Grove the previous night, they spoke with the abbess after speaking with some strange guards of sort at the front doors, who Nick, after a uh, tumbling subterfuge, determined that they were, at least the one he encountered, had strange traits of animal attached to his face, a sort of snout like that of a donkey. Uh, having passed this off as being uh, not actually having seen a thing, uh, he stepped away just in time for as they waited for the abbess to emerge from inside. As she emerged, uh, 
your paladin, Conrad Starkers, used his ability to detect those of supernatural, of particularly fiendish or grand qualities, and noted that not only was the inside of the grounds consecrated, but this individual was a celestial, which would only mean something akin to this power of a saint or an angel. There's not really anything else that it could be. In reverence, they spoke with her, uh, some angry, some confused, but spoke with her about the circumstances of an individual being raised from the dead and how that is even possible, let alone the grounds in which that is determined. Um, you all separate your ways after speaking with her about it and the circumstances without really too much concrete answers. Uh, tempers were raised, conversations were had, but ultimately not too much changed other than deciding that this was indeed a miracle that happened for now. You met up with some new friends, you gathered materials, you had conversations, and it ended at the end of the night when, through uh, roundabout means, Grove got in contact with Conrad and had a celebration of his father's passing, a death day, common, uh, a common party, I suppose, uh, a minor holiday where you pay homage to those who have passed and appreciate their not having been raised. Having no, uh, having found common ground with Conrad, Grove seek to share it with him. And as the night grew late and they had begun returning back down, that is where we ended the session. And so I suppose in, uh, not exactly drunk, but I'm certain drink was had state, uh, is there anything any of you wish to do before we turn over to the next day? I will take the resounding silence as a no. So, once again, the sun leaves the sky, and all the burning bonfires continuing the work and staving off the cold are slowly put out during the night. And the next day comes around after a restful eve in the Baron's home once again. Uh, as you rise to breakfast in the morning, the smell of cooked meat and bread coming through, uh, the first thing that any of you would see is very clearly that neither Grove nor you are there at the moment. Wasn't you sleeping, or wasn't Grove and you, weren't they sleeping in the stables or something anyway? I believe they were sleeping inside as this is a snowy town. <laughs> Less chance to freeze in incidental terms. Faustus, uh, Quietly eats his breakfast, staring down at the plate. Is there like a note? The Baron. Oh, no. You don't see any note if you look to where he had been resting. His things seem to have been gathered. Hilary's going to purse her lips, but keep eating. As you uh, move out to the breakfast table and begin partaking the meal, the Baron comes and joins you. And as he does so, you can see a young, dark-skinned boy, uh, pretty early on in age. Uh, comes and takes a seat next to you. Uh, well, next to him in particular, the same side of the table, pulling a chair up and sitting down. The Baron uh, smiles deeply, kind of beside himself. Uh, and you can see as he reaches over behind his head and gives a scratch behind the ear before piling some food onto the plate in front of the boy. Nick's gonna quickly finish eating and get up. This makes him intensely fucking uncomfortable. He's gonna go look for groves. It's the fucker didn't leave a note. Maybe he's wandering around with that stupid dog. Uh, sure. You get up and move away from the table. There's the attitude of both of the uh, Kreskovs here seem to be still sturdy, but a lot warmer than they were when you first got here. But they make very little uh, note of you leaving other than to acknowledge it entirely. 
as um, after a few minutes at the breakfast table. Okay. So, where are your plans for the rest of your time? You're heading out today or another day? We have your things gathered if you're looking to head out sooner than later. I believe we're planning on it. Good. Um, some gathered food supplies, a few hunting traps. Didn't figure you had folks had many lanterns on hand. Some of those supplied. And I seem to figure most of you are the fighting types. And someone made mention of fine weaponry. <laughs> At least we're able to dredge up one of those. Help you out as little as we can. Yeah, cork and eyebrow. Oh, everything's bundled up next to the door. I can gather up there and I can, I suppose, show you how to use the thing. Certainly. He uh, pulls another piece of cured meat into his mouth and kind of nods around chewing it. Illyria specifically keeping her mouth full so she doesn't have to talk. Is everything all right? You all seem quite somber. Bowsley doesn't look up. We have grim work ahead of us. Fair enough. I can't fault you for such a thing. Does it have an... If you don't mind me asking, is was there a problem with your friend who left in the night? We're uncertain as to why he left in the night. No. He left mention with me. Uh, he was having trouble sleeping at the time. I mean, he said he was. I look at Connor because James James still ask. Well, I just oh. it's mostly just because of werewolf stuff. So I'm like, he uh, said he was going to be heading back to Palas some roundabout way through the forest. <laughs> Warned him against it, but he seemed dead set. He'll be fine. He does seem the type of anyone would be to get through. So, be happy to see you packed up and set about on your way. Again, we have food, some basic supplies, but are you sure there's nothing else you need? We are lucky to have ourselves in a fruitful situation in our town, and you've done good work in your time here. We're ha- more than happy to help fight against a menace like those. Yeah, Hope looks at the others, because she's good. Do you have extra crossbows? Crossbows? Certainly. Keep a handful of those on hand at any given point in time. Make easier for hunting some of them. Not everyone can wield a bow great, and the gods are more than happy to keep them. I can get you one. Looking for something particularly heavy or a bit close at hand? A smaller one. I'll get on it. Size Either start getting up and taking care of things anyway. Lever action, the winch. I'll see if we have anything of that. Certain someone will. He stands up. You see as, even with his white-haired and wizened uh, knuckles, he's always been a very sturdy man to look at him, but he has a energy about him, especially as you see when he stands over this dark-skinned child and runs a hand through his hair. I will see you at the gate shortly. Uh, half an hour, maybe. Should be enough time to get everything remaining together. Thanks. He nods. I wish you well. We'll give you proper partings then, though. He pulls on a heavier furred coat, uh, places a hat atop his bald head, and steps out the door. Breakfast goes otherwise... Relatively quiet. Uh, the boy sits there, looking around the table at the assortment of folks here. Doesn't really say much other than glancing over you, filling his mouth with bread and meat. So, as breakfast finishes up, uh, Baroness, the Baroness steps over, shoes away the boy. Go clean yourself up. We need to go about town today. And you all, thank you again for what you've done while here. Uh, your grand efforts you plan in the future. He didn't get a chance to show you the sword before he left, did he? Of course he didn't. Let me demonstrate it for you. It's a bit tricky, a series of mechanisms. She waves over to the door, and uh, you see a packed fur uh, 
close together, kind of a deer hide bag, not quite leather as it's uh, softer and wrapped around a number of things. Uh, but you can see kind of what wrapped around at the moment there is kind of as a bindle almost. The stick is a shovel. It is long, uh, a bit longer than your average spade. And it's very clear to look upon it, that though it's a bit weathered, the blade is silvered. Of the shovel. Of the shovel, yes, it's silvered. And there are a number around the edge of the blade, the parts that would be buried into the earth, uh, a number of larger runes, similar to the small fine transcripting that goes into Bless Silver. But they're uh, about a centimeter across instead of completely minute. The handle is dark wood, sturdy, varnished. Um, and it seems altogether a quite fine shovel, but still, nonetheless, a spade. Is this a graft digger? It was owned by one. A fine one. Um, have you ever heard of the Mad Lions? No. One moment here. Uh, in fact, actually, though, you have. Uh, you oh. may not remember. But uh, the first town uh, you visited on this journey was in uh, Volobonk. The uh, mayor of it was a uh, Dagenhard Madliner. Tired man who, uh, still sturdy, was keeping his city safe and is part of what got you roundabout into this to begin with. <laughs> it was he who was holding the uh, funeral for the past Gathar. Okay. So, uh, Gaffney Madliner. Good armorsmith. That was on one point in his life. Good man. But before he was an armorsmith, he was... A graph digger, one of the finest. Little but thing not everyone tells you is a lot of graph diggers in that day got employment doing other things, including as members of the church soldiers, Cathars, of course, but not that they would necessarily use the name. It helped having blessed things on your person when dealing with them, dealing with all the things you find out here. Plenty of vampires about alone before you had to worry about werewolves and the undead. So, he, with his interest in smithing, decided to make himself something that would service him on both fronts. He was a good friend of my husband. Good man. It's a shame that he passed. But he left this here with him, a gift a while back. And we figure we're not soldiers anymore either. Suppose it would serve you better. She reaches down and slides the hide bag off the wooden shaft of the shovel and holds it up, uh, hefting it as one wooden axe, though a bit more balanced uh, forward as the weight is more centered. It is a fine shovel, kept to a better point than most. God know where the man met an Argonis of quality. Blade doesn't really ever seem to stop being fine, no matter how much digging or how much other work it sees to. But really, he's more interested in the mechanisms. And she lowers it down, kind of choking up on the shaft of the spade, and then twists at a point in the middle. And you can see looking at it a bit closer, there are some thin silvered lines at the points that she turns at. And with just a couple of clicks, she pulls it apart, kind of down, and the shaft doubles over. And where it does, a long, thin silvered sword kind of unfold uh, as the shaft folds over, is l departs from the wood. She holds it in one hand, the spade shovel, now lower close to her elbow. A bit oddly weighted. He liked it, though. That's a very surprising sh uh, shovel. Indeed. Thing can separate entirely. Had, but it was more of a method he had found to 
use it quicker on the fly. She pulls the other section away and sets it at her side, leaving only this uh, odd wood-handled, almost more of a, again, just shaft or pole uh, connected as the handle to this thin sword. Though, it's a good thing it is surprising. Helped you out many a time. And I suppose should help you out now. She takes the other section of shovel back again, clicks it into place, rotating it up and locking it in, handing it a handle forward to whoever wishes to take it. Illyria looks at Grumhild expectantly. I guess I'll take it. If it's better for someone else, I'll give it to them, but for now, yeah, I guess I'm the weapon person. You're into transforming weapons at that. Yes, I am. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, she hands it over. And everything else is kept in here. A couple of these bags should be everything you might need. She pats one of the uh, hide sacks. But I suppose time is growing to the point where she'd meet up with my husband again. See about you getting out on the road before it gets too late in the day. In the ensuing silence afterwards, as she makes motion to open the door and help any of those who wish to receive these bags, you hear off in the distance a sound of a bell being hit. Like a large bell, circa real world Liberty Bell? Not quite that size, but of quite loud volume. It must be something immense. Um, it's coming off from the direction more central of town. Uh, the Baroness yeah, look at her. immediately furrows her brow. <laughs> Trouble at the gates, I presume. They don't really ring the bell for much else. She steps back inside proper um, and hastens her gate over to... Uh, kind of next to the door, a hanging rack of which there are a number of simple arms, and she hefts off a sizable woodcutter's axe off the side. I started and uh, hefts it up. Male shirt, if I'm not already wearing it, which I might honestly. Sure. And I will start going with her. She is, she points to the boy. Get inside the room, stay there. He nods and uh, takes a single piece of uh, fruit off the table and moves into the room. And she storms out of there, taking long strides. Nick, whereabouts were you looking for Grove? Just wandering the town? Uh, yeah. Um, over by, you know, any lumber constructions going on. Sure. We talked about yesterday, being hung up for most of the morning. Yeah. Uh, you look around that area for him. There doesn't seem to be much sign of his distinctive stature or coat anywhere that you can see. Uh, nor the dog that may help in aiding visual. Uh, spying him from a distance. Do you uh, do anything else in particular while looking for him, or just kind of wander about and hope you see him? Just kind of wander about looking for him. Um, Sure. I guess when the bell rings, head towards it. Yeah, you're out there for a number of minutes before you hear that very loud dong noise in the distance. Uh, Well, not really distance to you, more over a couple hundred feet away. And so yeah, you can move towards it. You can see a raised platform, kind of simple scaffolding, slick with snow and ice. And uh, a man up there, bundled in a number of layers, um, kind of panicked-looking, uh, ringing the bell at the moment. It's not quite the center of town, it's off-center, and uh, you can see at his side that he has a sheathed sword and a crossbow strapped to his back. Um, you and a couple other people come out in that direction, kind of uh, eye up. He seems out of breath and holds up a finger for moments. <sighs> News from Palas. Where's the Baron? And as he calls that, you can see pushing through the thin crowd that's begun accumulating of confused men and women. The Baron sidles up. What is it, man? 
someone running in uh, escaped some sort of carnage that happened. Where is he? He's at the gate. I'm I'm not sure of what exactly we need to discuss with him. Uh, he seemed urgent to get in, but I needed your permission. Then take me there. He nods hurriedly and gets down off this bell platform and starts running back through the streets. Uh, the Baron tries quickly to follow him, though doesn't move quite as fast, uh, considering he needs to have a uh, walking stick at his side. Clopping through the snow. Um, does the wall have like a top, um, sort of like a second story, basically? Uh, it has a top to it. If you actually look down in the image of the, uh, you see what the gatehouse in particular looks like, and there's the sort of rim and the platform to stand on that is right behind that rim. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Nick's gonna going to head up to the top of. He's pretty fast, so we can probably get there. Pretty- sure. Uh, just sprint as fast as you can, or are you just going mm-hmm. there? Okay. And, oh, and, uh, and and hiding once he's at the top. Unless there's a tree sure. in the top. <laughs> um, there are still people at the wall, you can see, as you approach there. Uh, there's not quite the swarm of people that came to approach the sound of the bell ringing. Uh, but there's a number of guards there, um, varyingly armed. Um, yeah, you can see down below uh, at the gate, there is a man uh, exhausted. He doesn't look like he's pounding on the gate, but he is leaning against it, arm in a position that he might have been doing that before, resting against the side, nearly doubled over. He is breathing immensely heavily, his hair stringy and long behind him. His clothes are dark in coloration, kind of a dirty brown, and he seems just rather typical, sturdy man, but not anything notable. He doesn't seem to have the bearing of a soldier and no fancy arms at his sides. He is just simply clutching a piece of paper in his hands that it's easy to see as it's sizable um, and waiting there, breathing heavily. And not breathing heavily of just someone who is tired, breathing heavily of someone who sounds like they're dying almost. Someone who is so out of breath that they have no more breath to give. You can see the guards there, uh, I, as you approach... Um, one woman stepping to the side to give you more room up there, though still giving you a side eye. They seem a number of emotions running high up here. Concern, but still not doing anything. Do you do anything? Uh, No, he's just going to watch and listen. Okay. Uh, I know, Grimhild, you're traveling with the Baroness. Is uh, anyone else doing anything here? Probably just packing up. Comrade's probably just packing up his things and getting ready to go. Valerius wandered up because she was curious about that bell sound. Okay. What about Faustus? He's probably uh, getting the wagon together. Sure. So, um, Valeria and Grimhild, you see as uh, the Baroness meets up with the Baron partway through the streets. The Baron followed by a crowd of villagers in various states of emotion, confusion, and worry. Uh, He moves over to someone at the gate. News about some happenings at Palas. I'm not quite sure as the results myself. Going to speak with him. Is everything quite well? Doesn't sound like it. He continues hobbling faster. The other man, uh, a bit ahead of him, uh, not nearly as far ahead as Faustus was. I'm not Faustus, uh, Nick was. But they continue following after. Um, Baron gives nod to uh, both you, Illyria, and Grimhild being there, but doesn't say much about it. As you push through, you eventually get up to the gate and are able to climb a similar ladder to that which uh, Nick took up. The Baron takes a little bit of difficulty climbing up it. And after a moment of settling himself with this, you there. What news do you bring? The man pants for air. Just <laughs> <coughs> Boss, it's... It was a massacre. 
what happened. The festival, it, it was, it started, it went poorly. Many bad things, people, angry riots broke out, fighting amongst the church. It was poor, the day was bad, but then... <coughs> <coughs> The night, everyone in the church, a section of town, vampires everywhere, so many dead, I don't even know how many, fires, people dying, crazy screaming, I don't know, I don't know what all happened, I, I ran, someone sent me, they wanted news everywhere, they could hear it. The Baron looks concerned, has it completely fallen then? No, no, no. In chaos, everything seems nearly undone, but I don't know what's happened, but it wasn't gone. There weren't enough of them. Please, let me in, I'll talk further. Baron eyes down, his face betraying very little. He looks over to his wife. She stares back at him, makes a slight turn with her head towards the gatehouse. Stay there. The Baron steps down, um, lowering himself back down the rickety wooden ladder. As he does so, I would like those of you at the wall to make me perception checks. I'm good at that, I think. Yeah, I haven't done a perception roll in a while. I'm good at that. Uh, not 20. 22! What? <laughs> so, excellent, good, and what about Grimmel? Is it perception? Perception. My streak continues. Of being middle of the road. Everage. So, um, yeah, Grimhild, uh, you don't get too much of a sign of anything else happening out there. Um, but, uh, Illyria and Nick, you see off amongst the trees, uh, ways away, uh, down elevation, below the gate level. You don't see it until the, uh, until a moment later, but Nick, you see a dark shape clamber up and nestle itself down amongst a couple of branches there, kind of brace its body side, uh, not sideways, with a wide stance kind of draping itself back to balance itself. And it's a moment later when both you and Illyria see as a dull red glow, about maybe from the size of the shape off in the distance, maybe a foot long, shows up in the darkness of the tree's coverage. What do you do? What would I think that is? I don't know. What would you think it is? Well, I mean, like, vampire eyes don't glow as a matter of course. Yeah. No, that is not. That is like, most certainly not. And this is, most, this is most certainly not eyes. This is most certainly some object. Even though, Illyria, you don't really pick out the shape of the figure, you both do note that it is some object, probably narrow, seems to be about a foot long or so, glowing this kind of dusky, not exactly blood red, almost more of a rose red illuminating Okay, so definitely magic, got it. Illyria will start, like, uh, tapping the Baron's shoulder, say, there's something, there's something back in the trees there, I think we should shut the gates. What sort of thing? It's glowing red. It I don't know what it is, but not knowing is worse than experiencing something you don't, taking cover is better than risking it. Whatever it is, it's about a foot long. As you say that, there is behind you of where you're talking to the Baron, having turned to step away, there is a sudden flash of red light. Illyria drops to the ground. And, <laughs> sir, you see a number of people around you shake and uh, various pieces of armor clatter and clank as people kind of stagger. Uh, Grimhild, were you still looking outward as the other two talked to the Baron? Probably. Yeah, I was, I was just asking if you were. Um, you saw this just streak 
not quite a lightning bolt or anything of the sort, uh, just a line of red trailing almost behind like a tail of a comet fly free from the tree cover without much whistling through the air or anything and crash into the front of the gates. All of you hear the <clears throat> of something impacting into the wood. As you look down to see the edge of the gate, the man there who had been so out of breath is now sizzling slightly, a number of steam pouring off of him as he seems to be impaled to the front of the gate by some metal object that is, seems to be rapidly cooling in the air. Holy crap, they have a Gauss cannon. Um, yeah. I, I'm, my crossbows are out and I'm firing in the direction that that came from. Nick's going over the wall. Lyria's going to go look at the, imp- the the cooling metal of the, the thing that stabbed him. Is Nick going to survive this? Tell me, uh, how far is the range on a standard crossbow? Hand crossbow is what you got, right? I'm on it. Oh, Give me a moment here. On, on a hand crossbow? Yeah, I'm, I'm turning to that page if you don't get there fast. Uh, 30 and 120. Oh, yes. So each of these squares on this map are currently about 50 feet. This came out from the tree here. So that's about 200 feet away. So your crossbow bolts will not hit there. Okay. Uh, how high is this wall? Uh, it's 20 feet. I mean, I guess I'll get down as well. I can probably jump down without getting too fucked up. I'm athletic, if not acrobatic. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, like, because the gate's closed. And it, okay, wait. Is he He's impaled to the inside of the gate? He's impaled to the outside of the gate. He never got in. He's nailed oh, to the door. Oh, we didn't let him in. Right. He's nailed to the front of the door. Con- considerations for letting him in had just been happening when this happened. Yeah, wait, yeah. how did Should we, we let him in? That? Oh, I guess not. <laughs> wait, wait, how did we see hi- see the thing coming from outside then? We're on top of the wall. Okay. My the bad. Baron had just been climbing back down the ladder, which is why you didn't see the actual streak of light as it poured out, other than flashing okay. behind you. Actually, I think I have a grappling hook or something, so I'll just think it's real quick. Sure, you hook on. I'm not going to make you make a roll to do that. Uh, you latch it onto one of the sections of the mortar and then just immediately rappel down the side, taking only a matter of moments. Uh, Nick, if you are jumping over the side, you're going to need to make me an acrobatics check. Can do. Can you? He well, better be able to. By all rights, he should be able to. Yeah, I am I am an acrobatics expert, or at least so my sheet says. That's four and three and three makes ten. I assume, does this make a lot of noise? I am awesome at this. I'm sorry. Yes. It makes a notable amount of noise. Were you still at the Baron's home? Yes. Uh, he was. Yeah, Faustus was preparing the wagon, so if he can hear from where he is, he'll start making his way. You didn't to the hear. Gate. You may have heard a thump, but then the other part that you hear more distinctively is like a series of not quite screams, but startled cries. I'm at twelve. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as graceful as you were looking for, and you fall to the ground, not getting your fall tumbled, uh, exactly as you wished it, but it just takes you a couple seconds more than you were looking to, and before you are immediately able to right yourself and go off launching down the hill. Um, as you gaze back to where you saw the figure before, uh, you see it is moving at very quick speeds, uh, over rushing through the trees, Towards kind the of sprinting between them, running away. away from the village. Uh, he'll call out, you know, whatever it is, it's moving away from the village. Over this direction. To the southeast, if this is oriented to the north? More to the east than south, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, the compass phrase does point the standard way. 
I think the compass rings. What? Okay. Um, so, uh, Grimhild and, uh, Nick, you're wishing to pursue this. Um, Valeria, what are you doing? I'm examining what the hell impaled him. Sure. Um, how are you doing that? Are you attempting to go over, uh, climb down the wall yourself, or are you attempting to, uh, go around and open the door? Will they let me open the door? That's the question, isn't it? No. <laughs> Probably not. Honestly, um, she'll just go over. We'll resolve this first, since it'll take just, since, uh, it seems... It doesn't affect the other part. Uh, so yeah, so you climb down and move over to the proper section of the gate. Um, the Baron has also climbed down as well at this point. Better what question, does something there? stick through the door to this side? Uh, as you look at it, no. Okay, that's a good sign. Um, then what was that? I, don't I, I, I was part way down when it happened. I don't know. I'm going to look now. But that man is dead. And it would be better if we did not open the door right now. Well, two of my compatriots are going after the person who did it, who is probably running. So in all likelihood, no one is out there. And I can either have you open the door and let me look at it, and I can jump right back in for safety, or I'll have to climb over the wall to look at it. I'd rather take the true safety of not letting anything happen, but fine. Thank you. You've made your case. <laughs> open the door briefly. It's a few odd looks, but they move into the gatehouse proper. She's tiny. She doesn't need a lot to squeeze through. Yeah, there's a bit of a as it starts opening to the side. Uh, you're able to worm your way out through it as uh, Faustus, you see Illyria slipping out through the front gate of the gatehouse barely being opened. You don't see anyone else you know here. I mean, the Baron, obviously, but anyone else you were traveling with. What's going on? He'll look around for there's probably a gate captain or somebody in charge of it. Oh, the Baron is still there, so. Oh, okay. Um, Something happened. There was someone, a messenger from Palas, talking about an incident. Something happened to him. I didn't quite get a glimpse of it. Uh, your companion, the young one, red hair. She stepped out to investigate it if you would like to assist. <sighs> Tell her to get back in here. Valeria, get right. back in here. I am grown up and I can examine my own magical thing. I have a reason. Thing that that voice sounds like it's coming from. Who opened the gun? The. Have a damned gate. Um, get back here in forty-five seconds. Got it. Start counting, so, Illyria. I want to see what the hell this thing is. I've got forty-five seconds apparently before I get grounded. Make an investigation check. Okay. I rolled rather poorly on my perception check, so I'm packing my yeah. things. Okay. Sorry, I was going to keep yelling real quick. Go <laughs> sure, go for it. Like, say, is, is Conrad here yet? No, I haven't seen him. All right, Baron, Captain. Get me. twenty. <laughs> All right, I'll get to that in a moment. Get me your six best men and stand right next to me. Very well. Yeah. Get whoever you can. Get the best. He waves off. They uh, start stamping down. Do you wish me to find your uh, friend, the Inquisitor? Yes, get him. Yeah. He uh, grabs another boy and starts yelling at him, throws him off to the side where he starts sprinting back towards the house. Um, okay, Illyria, in the amount of time that you had to investigate, which wasn't a lot, to be fair, but you put a handle on this, uh, a hand onto this thing sticking out of him. And there's a couple things to know. Firstly, it's warm to the touch, but this is very clearly just metal. But when I say just metal, it's not like it's a torn, just extruded piece of metal. It is very pretty. <laughs> this is some pure iron bolt of sorts. Not quite exactly aerodynamic or really weight efficient for being fired out of a crossbow or anything of the sort. But it's a spike that has... Uh, number of shapes kind of spiraling down it. 
um, mainly showing uh, kind of a landscape. Very simple, um, but these shapes of sheep down at the bottom near the base of it, the thing least sticking into this man's back. He is um, dead, right? He's not like he's very dead. Okay. I was thinking like, ooh, this would be a shitty way to die with like molten metal in um, you and you're not quite dead yet though. I'll I'll explain what he's what he looks like in a moment, I guess, since that's also relevant. Um but you can see that where uh that this shapes of what seem to be sheep at the bottom kind of laying on their sides, spiraling up to uh bats and falcons up above. Um the metal is turned kind of just uh, to make a spiraling shape that ribbons upward. And while it, again, is warm to the touch, you don't see anything that's particularly molten about it. It was just very red for a moment there. Not exactly fire red specifically either. It was rose red. Um, additionally, though, as you get closer to where it impales into him, you see it's pushed quite a bit of cloth in with him, and the force of it has broken a number of bones, creating kind of a cavity pushed in a sunken crater from where it impacted into him. Okay. But very notably, nowhere around it do you see blood. Are there burns? No. In a little bit of time, you get a chance to kind of pull aside some of the, uh, uh, you get to pull aside some of the cloth before you're reaching your time limit. And as you tear it to the side, you see that the flesh has most certainly been ripped, but it is turning this kind of pallid gray around the impact and you see no blood and this thing is a foot long about a foot long yeah so um so in all reality probably about six inches sticking out of him yes uh only it would have been probably less than that considering how much is also embedded into the uh door except for the fact that it partly caved in his torso in the process of doing this is there any chance i can grab it (laughs) <laughs> and pull it out. Make me a strength check. Oh yeah, let's see the baby strength person try to be like this looks like a dude like a small meteorite and sucked all his blood out. I'ma touch it. You've been with this girl long enough, you know that. It, it may still be super Four. Yeah, you probably pull that out in the 45 seconds it takes. You basically I, I, give I, it I an experimental tug and it fe- and your hands start sliding down it before you even feel like you did anything to it. Okay, no. Fine. Closes the door, runs back. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Can uh do I have those symbols memorized of like the sheep and whatnot? Oh sure. They didn't seem like runes or anything. They more to okay. kind of etchings. She'll kind of kneel down in the ground in front of Faustus and sort of doodle with her finger what was all over it. Yeah. I take it, are there like siege supplies or anything near the gate? Uh, siege supplies proper, not really. Arrows, bolts. There are a number of bolts and arrows, uh, several of them fresh wood. Uh, sp- a couple spears, yes. What the hell kind of hick right. vampire is this? I drew my favorite sheep on my kill bolt. <laughs> See, it, it's made boys, of iron. Throw those arrows and bolts down here, and the spears. It's, it's made of pure iron, but it's not... When it, when it was shot, it was like, it glowed red, and I thought there was molten metal literally impaled into him but it's not melted it's Um, a pure iron bolt with this on it as you call up the men up there uh look a bit oddly at you at first second and gaze over and see the um there and he just shouts back treat this man as a captain for right now do whatever he says and then they there's no blood and start tossing down the weapons 
There's no blood. It's a cavity in the chest, and the skin's gray. I'll examine it in a moment. She gives him a look like, was my examination not good enough? Like, It's a siege device. It didn't too deep. I couldn't pull it out. Very good job. Thank you. And I take it as about a minute passed since he started casting. Uh, what are you casting? A minute passed. What he is doing is casting a Leoman's tiny hut such that the <laughs> radius of the hut butts up against the gate buttresses. <laughs> Clever. Uh, yeah, no, you'll have plenty of time to do that. I think you mean Leoman's tiny fort. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. However, while you're doing that, since uh, we're in action time, I am going to briefly cut back to those outside. Yeah, sure. Um, I enjoy action time. <laughs> too bad. Um, so, Nick, you have the uh, foreground view. You're the furthest ahead. Grimhild is trailing just a little bit behind. Uh, primarily just because you're fleeter on your feet than she is. Uh, yeah, he does have one. He has two sprint actions. <laughs> And because he used his feet instead of a grappling hook. Um, so, uh, what do you do? Do you just try and pursue after? You do know going through the forest is going to be difficult terrain and slow you down. Um, well, here's a question. Did that dude who did the casting start running? Oh, yes. I mentioned that earlier. He immediately started sprinting okay. through the trees. Quite sight of leaping through them, and there was a number of rustling of branches and leaves. So each of these are, what, 50 feet? Does 50 feet. Uh, yes. Okay. So he is going. If you scroll all the way down, you'll see one square equal fifty feet. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, the switchbacks are so tall. So then, yeah, he is going to see where the forest is least thick, and yeah, just go through it off the direction the guy was setting. Okay. Um, Grimheld, what about you? I, I don't want Nick to die, so I'm following Nick. I mean, okay. I don't want him to die right now. You hey. want him to die on your terms. <laughs> He's the only one I actually don't want to kill at the moment. Well, no, Grove's cool. Hey! Valeria, well, even if I had to kill you, I wouldn't actually have to do it myself, because you just, you're really good <laughs> at putting yourself in extremely dangerous situations. The she worst. Is, she's the really worst skilled at, she's the worst, she's the best at having the most out of her life, no matter how short it may be. But sure, um, you barrel through, uh, Nick, uh, and you're just following the path that Nick takes in particular? Okay. Uh, Nick, you start barreling through, and as you're attempting to follow him as he moves at a different elevation than you, I'm going to ask you to make another perception check. You follow after for a good hundred feet or so before you stop hearing the sounds of movement. And as you turn and look around the forest, you're not really sure anymore what direction he went. Uh, he will curse, and then begin heading back toward the town. Um, if just, I have survival, can I roll that to track as opposed to just sure? Go for that. Okay. Uh, when you catch up with Nick uh, and you clearly see his dejected return, you push forward and start looking up. I got a nineteen. Okay. Um, though uh, you had just turned away, not really gotten a clear view. Um, Grimhild, you can see up above you um, a number of still kind of broken branches. Path kind of stops a little bit further off in the direction you're going, maybe another twenty feet out. Um, but you still have a path to go on now. Yeah. They went that way. Do you want to follow? Uh, how fast was it moving? Like, could I approximate? Is it faster than me? Uh, through the forest, yes. Through normal ground, you're not sure, but through the forest, definitely. As long as it stays in the forest, it's faster than me, and I'm faster than you. We're never going to catch up to it. Not with that attitude. 
If I or Grove were there, could we could probably go through the forest fast yeah. enough, but... No, that is true. If you had the your un, uh, uninhibited movement, you could probably do it, but... Yeah, if you want to go back, we'll go back. Okay. Um, Make a mental note of where you begin this pushing... is so we can come back and try to track it later. Yeah, sure. Easily done. You can see this, uh, if you just go to the immediate spot that has the least tree coverage, you step out to the side, you can see the cleanest path here and make a small mark to remind you. Uh, as you vacate, um, we're going to cut over uh, Conrad. Yes. So uh, you're packing up back at Baron's place. Um, and really, there's no one there at the moment uh, other than you and uh, not the dog, you, <laughs> Conrad. And uh, Yulia. Okay. And uh, just watching as you're packing up everything you have. So, where do your ventures bring you next? Are you searching to face the devil himself soon enough for more other ventures? I don't think it's ever going to feel like we've ventured long enough to be ready. It shouldn't. If it did, you'd be foolish. But if nothing else, I have uh, I have a rune-bound piece of legendary armor. To get refitted in Palas. My, quite the thing to find. Yes, I wish it had been found on better terms, but have it. We still have. We still have it. Is everything going quite well then so far? Tensions are running high. I will admit, I did notice a bit of that over the breakfast table. Some choosing to vacate themselves from the premises, and others in somber yeah. mood, at the very least. Sour, you might say. Yes. Well. We're comprised entirely of adventurers that work alone. And how do you feel about this? Everything that's come up to this point, are you feeling prepared? I'm never going to feel prepared, but I feel prepared like- Prepared enough, I get I feel like we're making good progress. Never, good. I don't know if it was mentioned, but when the time comes, I would be happy to assist in this circumstance, at least. I appreciate it. We'll need I'm, generally one for, I'm generally one for recording stories rather than creating them, but this seems worthy. We'll need all of the allies we can get. You do seem the good type for a story. A bit grim, though. <laughs> yeah, she gives a, a very bright smile. He smiles back, more subdued. Uh, she opens her mouth to say something else, but as she does so, the door is flung open, not even knocked upon. Um, and you see out. a young man. <laughs> sure, uh, you rip your axe free from his holdings, and you see a young man there, uh, kind of panicked, hair tousled, and still uh, wet from snow. <gasps> Something happened at the gate. The Baron and uh, your friend, the one in the robes, wanted to see you. The coat, nice coat. Uh, all right. What is it? I I don't know. You don't know. Uh, how big are the windows in this room? Um, like what? Foot and a half by foot and a half. So not really practical to climb out of. No, not particularly. All right. Then I'll uh, do my impact. There's also just a door right there. <laughs> Well, through my empathic link, I was going to have Ruprecht run by the window, but I'll have it run by the fire <laughs> instead. Sure. There's a clatter of hooves behind, uh, comes right around the side, and boy kind of steps back with a start, uh, and then immediately steps forward as to not be trampled under hoof. Um, and then, thirdmost steps to the side as uh, you come outwards towards your slightly glowing horse. And with that word, I'm just gonna grab all my supplies, my usual combat stuff, and uh, run out and hop on. Does he carry off. two? Julius calls. Do you carry two, Ruprecht? I've done so before. At your behest. He says he carries two. Excellent. Uh, yeah, she immediately steps out and 
pops up behind you on Rubrex back. I'll make a quiet whistling noise and head off of the gate. Okay. Um, as uh, you go riding off, the uh, snow level is the snow is coming down and only the barest of flakes barely piling up anymore at this time of day. Um, Faustus, you have finished casting your spell upon the ground. You're able to step back from it. The uh, opaque blue color um, filling up the space. Many other people looking oddly at it. A uh, few of them seeing magic on a regular basis, or at least of such size. Only those of us within the dome can pass through it, and that which was in the dome already. It's impenetrable by mundane means. If the city stands in it, doesn't stand in eight hours, this dome will, he says to the Baron and the Captain and the men there. All right. Some comfort, at least. I thank you. You're welcome. And he'll, uh, he'll go up on the, uh, he'll head toward the way up to the top of the wall. Alirius following. Okay, What's sure. It? It's not hard to do. It's more of just a simple ladder to climb up to there. What did the attack look like? She'll point to the tree and describe dog foot, rose red, not real red, like that pinky red, and then boom, into chest. Did you hear anything mechanical? Did I, Max? I don't remember. No, very little uh, sound in general, to be honest. Yeah, no, the only sound was... The rattling of the door. (laughs) Yeah, the the only noise was when the bolt hit the body. She'll tell him what the man said happened in Palas, too. Okay, yeah, do I have any idea what this might have been? Make me an arcana check. Uh, 20 total. Uh... Not like a specific device or even a specific form of anything arcane. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously, for it to illuminate in such a color and have such destructive force, this must have been something red mana infused. But beyond that, that's about the extent that you can really figure out from just the description. She again describes something of red the powerful impact on the on the iron bolt. Now it felt warm, but it had obviously not been molten. Tell me, um, Faustus, how many interactions slash studies of vampires have you done? Well, when he knew he was coming to Stensia, both before and after, he would have probably studied at least uh, war-related stuff. First when he was uh, trying to equip Arcelia, and then when he was knew he was coming himself. Sure. Okay, so I'll give you one more thing. But very um, little first-hand experience, of course. There are there are occasional notes in tales. Uh, firstly, of those arcanists who do talk about the study and theory of mana, um, that vampires frequently favor uh, red mana-based sorceries and arcane arts. And the other thing is that sometimes they are known to use these to increase the effectiveness of weapons. So that could be something relating to this. The specifics beyond that, you don't really know. Yeah. That has come up in other events in past, though. It sounds like a red mana infusion. Vampires typically use it. It may have been an enhancement of something more mundane. Be careful casting. If they can strike with such precision across such a distance, a lone spellcaster will be a fine target. Is that the same kind of red mana I use to summon fire? Yes, I suppose at its heart. Mana differs only by color, not by... Intent. Yes. She'll nod. Do the draw? Do the drawings of sheep to birds to bat or bats to birds mean anything? Um, make me a history check. Ooh, I'm good at I all. No, you talking to me because I don't have no history. Uh, nineteen. I meant to think. Sure. Um, yeah, nineteen. 
of things that happen in Stensia and things relating to Stensia culture, um, these are all important symbols in the culture. Bats are, of course, always related to uh, vampires and the things they do. Um, sheep have always represented the people of Stensia itself, though it is not necessarily on their crest. Uh, the sheep is essential to their way of life. It is the reason they're able to live out here. Um, so it's been something by both uh, vampire and human that has been the symbol of humanity's efforts to survive in Sensia. And falcons are a symbol of one power, also the symbol of Stensia on the crest. And thirdly, has been favored by some uh, vampire families, falconry as an art. Uh, the Falconrath in particular really favor it, but vampires in general. Really? Are. Falcon? Falconrath? Shocking. Yeah, I know. Weird. Hard to say. The bat is, of course, associated with the vampire, the sheep with the men and women of Stensia, and falcons with some vampire pursuits, especially the Falconrath. Grimhild could probably tell us more. Where is she? She and Nick went over the wall after the caster. They went over the wall. At this point, you can see the being pulled back up grappling hook. Yeah, you see, yeah, she looks down. Oh, no, there they are. Um, They're not quite back yet. However, you can see them a ways off returning from the tree. Or never mind, then glance out over, you know, hand over eyes. Oh, they're out there. At the same time, you also hear the clip-clop noise behind you of uh, a large horse stepping through snow and stone. Oh, that sounds like Ruprecht. Uh, Faustus is going to, I think, he'll uh, wave his hands in the air and... About 30 feet above the gate, he'll uh, create the illusion of an angel flying. Uh, what are you using to make this illusion? The minor illusion cantrip. Okay, so something very fake. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not not especially good, but maybe enough to divert a little bit of attention. Sure, okay. Um, yeah, um, to uh, Grimhild and Nick, as you return up the uh, soaked hillside, you can see over there is... Faustus at the top of the wall, waving his arms, and an image of a uh, host of Heron's angel appears overhead. And then he'll duck down behind. Uh, are there crenellations on the wall, or uh, no, no, no? Uh, if you want, if you scroll railing. down to the bottom of the map thing, you can see what it looks like. It's a, it's a pretty simple wall, all told. Um, okay, but there's still a lip. That yeah, there is. There is a lip. Behind. There's. It is. It is a defensible wall, and but this is just not like a rich town. It is just the best off town. Yeah, and then he'll uh, start going back to see Conrad. Faustus, I think Pelas has fallen. Or if it hasn't yet, it's about to. That is very bad news. Yes. And yeah, I I suppose I should have said Is that, it was it Conrad approaching the horse? Yes. Conrad, you approach to see the scene of a opaque blue uh, semi- uh, semi-orb, semi-circle, I don't know what the term for that is. Half an orb. Um, dome, that would be the correct one. Yes, thank you. Uh, an opaque blue tome, uh, not tome, dome, filling up the, uh, gateway at this current moment in time. Uh, additionally, you see Faustus up on the wall along with Illyria, the, uh, Baron currently talking to quite a few people, making points in different directions, getting many nods, people hustling and gathering supplies. What's going on here? Perhaps, a an attack? Perhaps. I just got here. Does anyone know what's going on? Illyria tells him everything she knows. And what is that? <laughs> okay. So, a guy came up 
course, like he had been running straight from Palas to here. Apparently, vampires have taken over Palas. What? You wanted to know what's happening, so I'm telling you. And that it had fallen into chaos, and everything was a massacre, and I'm assuming Palas is going to fall. While he was here, I saw a man, points. well, she's not on top of the wall anymore, in a tree over there, started glowing bright pink, and we heard a giant thunk. Turns out, said crazy man from Palas got impaled with said, with the iron spike. And Faustus thinks we're being sieged by vampires, because the said, said same red, vamp- red magic is known to vampires. Looks at Faustus. Did I leave anything out? No, sounds good to me. Not really? Reasonable. We believe that uh, a vampire just killed the messenger with an iron spike. Well, it's not just an iron spike, and she goes on to describe it in more detail. There's carvings on it, it was warm, it was magical, it was scary. I see. At best, it's a symbol. At worst, an impending siege. Very well. If there needs, if there's going to be a, if there's going to be a siege, we need to bring the citizens to a safe place within the town walls. A vampire could scale a wall easily. She points at Leopold's tiny hut. Something larger than that that can hold everybody. Yes, and only those of us within the dome, when it was cast, can move through it. Um, you said the Baron was here? Yes, he's still ordering individuals about, but seems a bit exhausted, but Baron, he's doing his work well. Is there a town yes, Is there a town bell or something we can ring to assemble the citizens? We'll just ring it a few more times. A few rings means emergency, more rings means meeting. Better to have people prepared faster than later. What do you yes. mean? Simply to well, have everyone together? Yes, if there's going to be an attack, we need to have everyone in a safe place. If nothing else, I'll be able to uh, scrutinize them to see if there are any infiltrators. I suppose so. I'd say that you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone like that amongst us. At least, of actual vampire. You never know, unfortunately. In fact, you can. Silver, my friend. Yes. Pretty easy to tell. True enough. We'll see. Still, yeah, he immediately goes over to someone else and pats them on the shoulder and sends them off. Have you been brought up to light on everything? (sighs) Frustratingly little, but I, I imagine that's the situation we're dealing with. All I've heard news other than some strange attack is an incident, a massacre of sorts at Palas. They said she was damaged. Many people died. And the man was dispatched here by someone. Didn't get to around to saying who before. Well, regrettable things happened. So is there anything I can do to make your job easier? You may do well to send messengers of your own. If that was Palas's last act. Yes. Had to have someone who's afraid of death first, which is a problem, but we're figuring it out. Well, the messenger before he died said that Palas sent them out in all directions, too. Yes, but how when he got through? Faustus looks at a correct with his hand over his mouth uh, thoughtfully. What are you thinking? Load him up with pitch, attach a steel plate to his belly and neck, fly him over the enemy. Why are you always trying to make my horse fly? Don't you want a flying horse? What kind of man are you? I... Does Ruprecht <laughs> like flying? She'll look to Conrad. Ruprecht, did you enjoy flying? It felt natural, but neither here nor there. He's ambivalent yes. on the subject. <laughs> yes, I am Ruprecht obsessed with your... Ruprecht bows his head low as, as Conrad says ambivalent. 
I am obsessed with your horse as a means of flying because he can carry the heaviest loads while being directly controllable without animal intelligence. Even still, I would appreciate having him to ride into ride into battle rather than simply as a siege defense tool. Well, I expected you would be atop him. Swinging my axe at the vampires a dozen feet below. Throwing barrels of pitch onto their most important spots before proceeding as you wished. Um, as was already noted with uh, Josh piping up, Grimhild and Nick, you have had enough time easily to arrive back and what do I know at the sight of you, the grappling hook was redeployed down to you. What do I know about what just happened? Like, have I seen this sort of vampire nonsense before? Uh, so you've seen vampires enchant their weapons. It sucks, to be frank. Let me just use very mundane dialogue. It is the worst thing to happen when you're fighting a vampire, for a number of reasons. Uh, I mean, other than them proving to be some sort of true elder flying away, turning into smoke, you know, things of that sort. It's this also is of some really bad things that can happen when you're fighting a vampire. Yeah, there's a lot of bad things that can happen when you fight a vampire. Uh, but in this case, uh, enchanting a weapon is something they do semi-frequently, so ones with any skill in magic tend to pick this up as one of their first acts. Um, now, what they do with that varies greatly depending on skill, power, other things involved. Often this is making a sword particularly vibrant, and it seems to cut at things and drink, uh, drink deep from the wounds. Um, some use this to infuse themselves with power mid-combat, others use it simply to increase destructive force. Uh, the force that that had was quite powerful, so something must have well been done with that. But enchanting weapons with red mana is at least a red glow, even if you don't know mana structures, is something you would have seen. Uh, have I ever seen them drain blood with a ranged weapon before? No. <laughs> However, you have not investigated that part yet. <laughs> you don't actually know that that happened. You just know the well, red no, streak. Saw... Okay. Oh, you're right. I've not seen that. It's missing blood. Yes. Well, is it missing blood, or is it just the wound was bloodless? The wound was bloodless, and the area around it, the uh, flesh around there, was oh, okay, gray I get it. rather than I get it. Well, let's delete the recon that I would have probably checked out the corpse that was on the other side of the wall anyway. But it, it was occluded from sight anyway, now that there's a Liam's <laughs> tiny uh, hut oh, shit, dome yeah. over it. I try to walk over to the bottom, like, bump. What the fuck? Goddamn <laughs> dome. Are you, like, cursing loudly from the wall that we can hear? No, I'm already over. I'm just, it was... But, yeah, so... Uh, Nick, you are easily able to be there as well. Did anyone get, have you get a chance to look at the body? I, I did. Yeah, Hilaria did. Raises her hand. Okay, look, let me just say that you explained it to me so we don't have to say it again. Okay, yeah, no, there you go. You know everything, including all the symbols on the bolt and everything. Okay. Um, I've learned them to enchant weapons as such, but Never the sort that drink of their wounds used at a distance. That's distressing. So yeah, no, I, I do mention that that's freaking weird. That it was at a range and still sucked all that bloods out. It could have been burnt out from the sounds of it. Red mana fueled it. Uh, have, having blood boiled out of you doesn't leave the flesh pallid. I'm sure you're aware of that. He kind of like puts his arms out a little bit you know, do you do you often see metal rods that exsanguinate things usually they're wielded in the hand of a vampire and they're mm. not rods they're swords 
or long knives, sometimes spears. It's kind of my job. Did you see anyone while you were out there? Evidence of troops? I saw a path made by one creature. Uh, I did not see them myself, although I believe Nick caught sight of them before we lost them in the woods. Valeria will bite her lip for a moment. I hope Rose doesn't get caught in this. He's well enough at not being found. Ah, oh, well, he's got you. He'll be fine. How? I'm right here. Okay. Uh, that joke will never get old. It is old. <laughs> I still love it, though. It was old the first time. This joke can never become old. We were jokes once. And young. Faustus will go over to, uh, I don't know, somewhere a little more discreet. You can make your hut uh, opaque. I need someone not inside it. Also, I can't go into the hut. Yeah, no, nobody except me and Illyria can, and yeah. the uh, the Baron and some of the guards. I didn't know what you needed. Yeah, that's fine. He'll basically he'll look for the closest place where he can slip away and let Victor out of his pack. Victor, can you go outside the city and tell me what, if anything, is out there? Of course. What are you expecting? A man was just killed by perhaps a vampire. He brought stories of palace falling to an army, I presume. If an army's coming here, (laughs) we must make ready. I've never seen an army. Let's hope tonight is not the night, but someday. Very well. Yeah, he'll let let him loose and head back to the main defense. A moment later, you'll hear a number of tolls from the center bell in town. All of the guards who aren't currently at the wall, um, and basically everyone but who you currently see at the wall, um, start heading over in that direction. You see people leaving the fields in the distance and others leaving homes. Uh, Nix could stay on top of the tower and make sure that the you know, tree-swinging thing-throwing vampires are... But okay, sure. You can definitely keep watch over there. Um, Conrad, were you going to do something at the center of town with everyone gathered? Uh, yes. I'm going to stand at the center of them and activate Divine Sense from a top Ruprecht. Okay. Do you say anything or just do it? I'm going to start with the Divine Sense. Sure. Um, all right. Let me think. Okay. Um, you gaze about and really the only thing that shows up is the horse beneath your feet being celestial. Good. Worth it. Peace of mind. I'll, uh, you see a number of um, confused and expectant faces, many worried. I'll uh, shout out to uh, to the Baron if he's nearby still. Yeah, the Baron has followed in this direction now that the town has been gathered. Sure. Does this appear to be everyone? Everyone but some children. Good, good. All right, everyone. I called you into town because uh, there's been some danger outside the town walls and we want to make sure everyone was accounted for. One voice calls, what sort of accounting for? Uh, to make sure you're all safe. The woman walks forward, uh, kind of dirty hair pulled behind her bow over her shoulder. What's happened? Well, from what I can, what I can tell, it appears that Palas has been attacked and the messenger was struck down on the doorstep. Davison. She makes uh, the same uh, sort of cross of the collar across her chest. Indeed. But blessing of blessings, everyone appears to be safe at the moment. Except that fella? Yes, well, I intend to... I intend to pay back his debt soon enough. Do you need us particularly like low was do? Baron says, from your side. As long as everyone can keep an eye on each other, it should be fine. 
I've seen no evidence of... What we've always done. Indeed. I've seen no evidence of further attack so far. Thank you. Not. All right, everyone, back to work. Keep eyes out, ears out. Everything you can supply to the front gate, do so. What you can't, don't worry about it. We're still taking care. Need everything done before our harvest moon. Does not matter what attacks happen. We need it done. People nod and start moving away. Trot back up to the rest of the party. As you uh, approach, um, everyone roll me a perception check. Oh boy, I love perception checks. (laughs) Unless I'm okay at perception. Ooh, roll 21. 21. 16. Suck it, nerds. I got a 21. 7. I hope there's a... Well, I don't hope... If I notice it, it's probably an army. <laughs> um, Flat 20. Unnatural 20. Sure. Thanks for all the nine. Nice. Okay. Average. Um, so, um, Nick, you're watching out and trying to view everything in there, and Faustus, you're currently still uh, seeing two of the measures you're taking in the moment. Uh, there seems to be... Surprising amount of birds overhead right now, really. It's not really average amount of birds. A lot of flying things up in the air. Um, Illyria, you take a little bit of time paying attention to the fact that there is a bit more bird coverage moving away from over the other sections you pass from and gaze up at the dark shapes in the sky. And for a moment, you get a good look at them. Still distant, and you don't get specifics, but uh, more akin to bats, really, how they fly. Um the movement structure is very different from that of a bird if you pay enough attention, and you know animals. Uh, yes. Um, um, question. Direction-wise, do they look like they're coming from Palas? Uh, I mean, that general direction, they're coming from the east. They're traveling westward. Okay. Um, to uh, the other two, however, you not only spy that these are bats, but as they pass by some of the errant sunbeams escaping free between uh, the heavy pieces of cloud cover... You notice as the light hits upon them that these bats are very thin and kind of white in coloration. White Does that mean anything in particular? Yeah. Uh, Grimhill, roll me a uh, I mean, history check. I'm, I not a, I'm not a Stemsian, so... Oh, sorry. Yes, I got a 10. Uh, yeah, unless you... I have advantage because I'm a cool Stemsian. I'll say yeah, sure. Actually, for 15. this particular thing. Can, does it, would a nature roll here help at all? Nope. You, oh God. you rolled a five. You know it's not natural. <laughs> you gaze up at them, um, and after a bit of squinting, you you know that sometimes vampires do things with bats, but bats at the same time, like unless they can transform into one, they don't really aren't particularly dangerous. They're more annoying than anything, unless they're huge. There are occasionally huge bats. These don't seem to be huge bats. I think from this distance, you're not entirely certain of what they are. Uh, how far in the like? Let me know when one is within. I could shoot it range. That's pretty close because you know again, hand crossbows it. are not the highest range. Yeah, if only Grover here with it. Does anyone else have a crossbow that's bigger? Did I ever I get my uh, light crossbow? crossbow? Uh, yeah, actually, you would have been handed one. I, I have off, a, uh, I have a longbow also. I tell you, to shoot one of them. You've had a longbow this whole time. Where's the shortbow? Hold on. I ask you to shoot one. Of them. Also. Why don't I have a heavy crossbow slash pile bunker trick weapon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a heavy crossbow. You can talk could, have just, could have just barely uh, made it from the tree line to the wall. I oh god! Now that I said it out loud, I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> On a harpoon chain. 
Josh, do you think if I cast speak to animals and yelled really loud, because bats can hear pretty well, it would work? I think that they would respond and they'd be like, Fuck you! <laughs> All right. Bleh. You know it's a solid weapon when. So what, are you, what are you guys doing? Balls. And yes, Faustus, you are, you have received your light crossbow. Oh no, I do not have a. Okay, I got the short sword instead. My bad. So, did, did we come to a conclusion on what white bats meant? No. It's a weird vampire thing, I think, is basically all we know. Is there, like, a vampire that has, like, a nickname that's, like, The White Terror, or, like... El Blanco. El nope. Blanco Diablo. Silver there are vampires bat. with nicknames from time to time, but nothing relating to bats. And this, more than one of these seem to be white. I mean, we know Whiny McWinepant to Soren. Well, yeah, no, but I mean, like, they probably have white bat friends, and they themselves are just called the white bat. Unless all of these are vampires in bat form. In which case... We're, we're boned? Fuck. No, I can do <laughs> I'll be in my hut. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going in the hut, too. What are all y'all doing? I'm asking, yeah. can I borrow that crossbow? For, what's the range on a light crossbow? Uh, range on a light crossbow goes up to 320, I think. Yes, 80, 320. At maximum range? Or? Yeah, that's maximum. 80 is its uh, short range. Okay. Yeah, he'll... he'll uh, Take the crossbow off his back and hand it to Grimhild with uh, the case. I assume he got some bolts with it. Yeah, yeah I have some bolts. It's all good. And then he'll step inside the dome and wait to see what happens. Silvered yeah. um, crossbow bolts ignore the damage reduction that vampires have, or no? Nope. Um, they have to so stick a tree branch in there to do that. Do I have any? Uh, well, I don't know if I've whittled any recently, but if it's alive for a day the or folks more, here do. Yeah, the folks I'm going to borrow, borrow one if I can. Sure. I mean, it's not hard. They have them set up right up there, yeah. prepared for us. And I'll take around to aim, and I'd like to get one that can land somewhere where I can check it out to see what this deal is. Sure. You kind of wait until they approach closer. They're kind of moving like a cloud of fish or starlings flitting about the sky as they move over in your direction. And you wait until they get about gate level, like a little bit out there in front of it. But Oh, before I pull the trigger, I say, suck on this. All right, so make make just a flat roll because your aim gave you advantage, but at the same time you have disadvantage because of being in max range. Can I have another level range. of advantage for my one-liner? No. Okay, can what I have... The, what would another level of advantage do? It Change it back to advantage. Um, oh, right. Can you get yes, inspiration for my one-liner? No, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> this isn't seven. The more you ask, the less likely I am to give it to you. Uh, hell yes. <laughs> I got 26. Okay. Pretty good. Might be hit a bat out of a flock of bats. You hear a click noise, like, and you hit a bat while firing up into the cloud of them. And you see as it impacts into the side of it, the bat seems to almost explode. Hell yes. As the arrow, the bolt passes into it, it segments into a number of pieces that not quite crumble, but split apart and then fall down uh, and rain with a across the ground in front of the gate. A few actually impact into the uh, stone with similar harder rattle noises. Okay, was this just a, I fucked it up? Or was it this, like, it is a mummified bat and it just broke apart? Or is it like, it exploded like it's an incendiary bat and they're going to burn the t- town to nothing? Oh god. <laughs> it didn't explode. It didn't seem to have an explosion. Because <laughs> the Americans tried to do that with Japan. Yeah, very, yes. very briefly before the bomb. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, the, seemed, the, it seemed to fall. <laughs> the plan yeah, was weird. working. <laughs> it seemed to fall apart. Okay, so like it was brittle. Where did it fall? 
uh, a number of pieces directly in front of the gate if you actually hit against Are these skeletons? It's a trick to make this block of bats out of paper mache. The real attack is coming in the door. Whoomp. Yeah, are we close enough to any of the parts to take a look at them? If anyone wants to go outside the gate. I'll hop out real quick. I'll give the crossbow back to Faustus. Okay. Yeah, he'll reload it and, uh, or I guess, ready it and put it on his bag. Okay, <laughs> you move outward and I reload it takes a little bit of searching to find for you because I do that. <laughs> <laughs> you you look out to see oh, yeah. if there's anything stepping over the side, uh, and it takes a little bit of searching to find anything concrete before you find a series of kind of small arches of bone. As you come up and find what looks to be an animal skull, small. Skeletons. Am I? F- have I heard of that before? Because that sounds like something yes. I probably remember. <laughs> yes, you have. Fucking skeletons. Who does that? Oh right, the skele vampire. That asshole again. Okay, but yeah, no, you've heard of these things existing. They show up from time to time. It's often, uh, sometimes naturally occurring, as far as you can tell. Not at least not always under the employ of vampires. You have never seen it arise. Uh, also, just in a distraught, just coughs up skeletal bats from time to time. Possibly either that, or it's a very committed ghoul caller that likes skeletons a lot. Stencius, like you, no one knows who they are. If that's the case, and more likely, considering that these seem to sometimes serve vampires and sometimes not, you're not really sure. I mean, in this case, I'm pretty sure they're serving vampires because there's some vampire bullshit going down. Um, fuck. Okay. The others don't seem to particularly mind one of them being shot out of the sky. <laughs> and just oh, kind well. of fan over the top of... Oh, Fred. if we kill enough of them, though, they'll either have to choose between regenerating them or killing themselves. <laughs> oh, right, yes, yes. The planeswalker that summoned them will have to, will have to make a terrible choice. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, and also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm... I, Grab people and give them money, and I threaten their goods and services. So um, yeah, out, I outside, outside, I extort them. They try to take damage. Uh, outside the gates, just Tibble is just like, "Dang it, <laughs> stop making me pay money." Okay, uh, they start yeah coasting in this continual cloud, just kind of over the top of Kresik the city. They're not uh, completely gargantuan in number. There's maybe twenty or so of them. I don't have much in terms of range. I guess I'm going to stay by the villagers. I'm going to just take pot shots, I guess. Sure, just make me a couple more rolls. Okay. I'll abstract it. Give me exactly two. A couple or more than a couple? Just two. Well, then 19 and 27. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you uh, fire over them uh, a couple more times, and again, there's a few clattering sounds as you snipe down a little less than half of them over a about a minute or so. Uh, if they're near enough, I tell someone to set them on fire. I'll go do that. They never approach, like, base level, as worth noting. Okay. They're just overhead. No, no, I mean, like, when they hit the ground, I'm like, hey, fucking take they, care of this. Oh, you mean the bone shards. Yeah. They take back. They sometimes come back. Cool. That is a perfect use for produce flame. Just sit there and burn them in my hand. All right, you go and see two, eliminating a number of them. After shooting down several of them, um, Grimhild, you just kind of watch as they eventually coast over the edge of the town and then disperse 
out in a number of directions, no longer being kept as a cloud. There may be seven of them left. Yeah, if they get closer, I'll try to. I'll be like, "Yo, you want to rematch, motherfuckers?" and keep shooting. But until then, I'm trying to. I'm gonna actually make sure other people are looking out in other directions because that might just be a huge, stupid distraction. Now that I think about it, Nick, what have you been up to? Uh, he's watching from the direction where the vampire came in and looking amongst the trees for weirdos with things that are flinging at us. Okay. Then you are amongst the first of people to hear and see the clattering motion of a black and red uh, carriage moving quickly up the road. Where from? Over from the east. It is very recognizable in its finery and immense black horses. It's that boy. Uh, shut down. You know, uh, it's a it's like Moore's carriage going. Um, could we catch up to it from where we are, or is it moving too fast? It's coming to us, isn't it? It might be moving as, by us. It sounds like it's coming you, from here. One second, you change back to look at this map. Like it's coming from this direction. Yes, correct. So it's it'll be, yeah. So when it it's here, we'll see which choice it makes. As you watch after, it slows down as the horses take a turn over to the right. Well, I don't plan on abandoning this town, do you? Uh, I don't personally, no. No. Then we'll beat him. We have to. Perhaps he'll just simply taunt us like he's done before. That's the dream, right? Coming to a crawl as it approaches here. Below the elevation shift once again. Before it reaches the gate. Ha! Can't come through the door, jackass. <laughs> the door of it opens. One side. Uh, and you can see a man that you haven't met before. Encountered at all before. Kind of a darker shade to his skin. Cloth back, black hair. Can't get an excellent look of all of him from here, but he's dressed in finery. Reds, furs around his neck. Black leathers. He steps over to the side, then rounds his way to the other door and pulls that open and then stands at attention next to it. And from inside, you can see emerging out once again that unearthly handsome man, beardless, smiling, dressed in the most sickeningly fine silks you've ever seen. Jeremiah Barrick. Streffenmore. He steps out onto the snow silently and moves a over to the change in elevation and looks up at the walls, seeing uh, those of you who have chosen to stand there. Well, is that? Uh, I'm still hanging by wherever the villagers are. Valeria's on the wall. As is Nick. Yep, same. Yeah, Faustus will go up to the wall. Wait, haven't, uh, we, all, haven't we all seen Strif on War before? You have. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. This I is only the second time. We hadn't time. seen him before. The, the guy we haven't seen yeah, was, was the, the guy you hadn't seen before was the person who opened the door for him. Oh, the okay, dark-haired sorry. and dark and dark-skinned one. From parts unknown, Streffen Marer. Streffen the Mauler Marer. Oh, he's got the tombstone pile driver. So, this is why you're choosing to hold up now. Might I say it's a fine choice, lovely city, town. Moreover, Faustus is going to glare at him. And then pull out the uh, Strafon Moore doll from his pack. Oh, God. No. <laughs> uh, God, oh God, I've forgotten about that. 
<laughs> what do you do with it? I forgot about your creepy bullshit. <laughs> Lock eyes with him, and whenever he opens his mouth, open the puppet's mouth. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's real good, though. You heard it here, folks. We're all going to get killed by a vampire real quick because we embarrassed him. This isn't going to embarrass him. So, (laughs) clack. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they're at him with pauses to linger on. (laughs) (laughs) This is some interesting japery. Clack, clack, clack. (laughs) Nonetheless, clack, clack. (laughs) (laughs) is this all you've been doing with your time jokes and petty adventuring i do find it quaint i assure you i do but i grow restless honestly i thought there might be something interesting something different you would bring for once but i don't see that now i don't even see your Inquisitor, gracing me with his presence at this point in time as I have graced you all with mine. Clack, clack. (laughs) So is this what you'll be doing, simply persisting, scavenging for resources like rats amongst my house? Persistism is a valid magical, or magic sub-word, keyword. Um, How far is he away? About... That's 150 feet, isn't it? No, no, no. He's like he moved here, up on the gate. So. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought it was referring to this change in elevation. My bad. Um, okay, so he's about fifty away. Yeah. Can we see his carriage? Yeah. Yeah. He it's just stepped out of him. Just yeah. So here. We had range on it. Uh, I am shooting a fireball at his carriage. Fuck. Fucking a. Uh, just <laughs> set set a flaming sphere inside it. Yeah. No. Just do that. Just... <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what is the, uh, it's a dexterity save, I believe, yes? <laughs> Usually, yeah. You, yeah, it's dex saving throw. What is the save DC for Faustus? Save DC for Faustus is 16. Oof, this is better than mine. Okay, that's a pass. <laughs> and that's a pass. What about his horses? They're, they can't dodge. They're stuck to the carriage. <laughs> Good. I'm not rolling for that. Are they? Are they? Are they spooked? Do they run away? Are they dead? Oh, I'll dead. Say, no, for the smell roll, of horse uh, roll me flesh. that damage. Yeah, the smell of horse flesh is uh, <laughs> will be good enough for me. Meanwhile, over Conrad, I'm sure they're doing fine. <laughs> huh? What is the area on the fireball? So, or are you doing fireball or flaming sphere? Fireball. Okay. What is the area on fireball? The real thing. Let's see. It is. Sorry, I keep scrolling up and down the sheet. It is 20-foot radius burst. That's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. And then, okay, so yeah, roll me that damage. All right, first set of the damage, 7, 9, 10. Ah, that's better. 6, okay, 10, 21, 25, 27. Okay. Let's see. The fireball sails downwards, just a streak pointing from your fingers. (laughs) As it fires down and streaks into the center of the carriage. You see, as soon as it makes the motion, uh, the other man, whose name you don't know, dives over to the side with an expert roll, and more just strolls forward a few more steps as the carriage bursts into a billowing blast of flame. <laughs> you see shards of wood fly off in a number of directions, deep, dark black, uh, 
And with not even much time to whinny, just more of a s- almost scream, the horses incinerate. You see charred pieces then fall as they collapse to the ground. What if the carriage stays there, burning in a wreckage? I choose to believe that sound was not a disaster. The other man starts picking himself up off the ground, brushing dirt off of his clothes. Moore simply steps a little closer away from the radiating heat. He the makes things into things and he just Oh, sorry, he just looks at him again. Clack, clack. <laughs> Even despite your recent prudence, at this point in time, I figured it was only polite, since I suppose I hadn't done so officially, to invite you to my home. I'll be happy to have you over for a meal. Not for me, of course. That would happen at a later time, I suppose. I'm certain all of you would enjoy the more pedestrian delights. Nonetheless, you're welcome to visit my home whenever. And I suppose you should do so sooner than later, because I do grow so very weary of this rate. But I suppose if I cannot convince sheep to come to me, then they must still be found and butchered one way or another. Click, click. I'm sure they're doing fine that is over there. An excellent likeness of me, I must say. Give my I'm best to Mister. Give my best to Mister. Blinsky when you see him. He's, he's no mockery. He's no Blinsky. A master of his craft. Do I know if like people just go to his house? Like, does he invite people and then not murder them? If you're not a vampire. <laughs> yeah, specifically if you're not a vampire. <laughs> uh, like, I guess he's probably used to playing with this food. But I'm wondering, like. If he says, yeah, as a okay, guest, um, does he mean it? Or does he just say, like, oh, as a guest, and then he'll treat like a guest until he's bored? Roll? What do I have in heart? I'll just give it to you. Give it, whatever the fuck. You've studied him enough. Um, yes and no. He doesn't always specifically do that. In fact, often when he invites someone as a guest, he will not harm them until they uh, try and hunt him, which has happened a few times. Um, however, just because... He will not harm them. He makes no such claims about the things that are at his estate. Uh. Some people have survived. They are not nearly as lethal as the vampire himself. But it's not frequent. You know, as as probably the best of anyone, to be honest, that uh, the estate is a very magical, cursed place in of itself. It's a fucking weirdo land for crazy people. Basically, yes. And he is their uh, crazed ringleader. Okay. But... Honestly, if he's inviting you for food, it probably will be pretty damn good food that he'll let you eat before anything would attempt to kill you. Sort of the, if I'm feeding you, no one else gets to kill you because I get to kill you. No, like, after we're eating, he'll be like, yeah, okay, you can hang out, but uh, my butlers are literal gargoyles. Watch out for my ultra, ro- my ultra wolves. He's basically inviting you to Castlevania. <laughs> Oh fuck yes! Okay, I get so, I get my whip ready. His candles won't stand a fucking chance. Uh oh! Of course I forget. I come bringing a gift. Was it in the carriage? Uh <laughs> It was good of me to keep it on my person, I suppose. As he gazes back at the wreck. <laughs> uh, Is it someone we likes? Head? He pulls. He pulls something. Um out of his the lapel of his uh, not exactly suit uh, I guess closer to a suit than everything else we've seen and makes a gesture with his hand you see as it levitates up through the air and floats over to the top of the wall and moves over to you, Grimhild oh god damn 
It is a flower, one of very dark green color, thin, long thorns, not particularly hard ones, and a simple two rows of petals in these kind of wine red color. She wished you to have this. I don't know why she's being so distant about the whole thing, but I cannot make her decision for her. We'll likely be seeing it. Excellent. I will expect you shortly. I was prepared to offer you the fastest ride available, but that doesn't seem to be an option at this point in time. It was a nice carriage. It'd be a shame if anything... Ah, too late. We'll simply have to commission another one. We're stimulating the local economy, guys. We're doing a good job. I hope there's a waiting list. When you're someone like me, there's no such thing as a waiting list. I I guess that would be why he uh, rode all the way out here, huh? If I was someone like you, I wouldn't go to an artist who didn't have a waiting list. Oh, they have them beforehand. I expect only the finest things, and I pay to make sure that I get them. A real artist can't be bought. A real artist will recognize when pride is so foolish. Are you done with your japery, then? Are you now resorting to biting at my woods directly? Clack, clack, clack. Do you have anything else to say here? I don't believe for the moment. You heard the information, yes? I made sure my man let the poor fool get out his words. He eyes all of you. Though I suppose you wouldn't be on such the defensive and use such tricks on the door if he hadn't. It was a pity what happened to the other city. It's still alive. I have no interest in holding such a petty location, but it won't be much more of anything if you make me linger too much longer. So, I would suggest you take me up on my office sooner than later. Plus, we can bring some things to light. Some scintillating discussions about things you might be interested to know. I'm certain there are many truths about that previous woman who swept across the land, crusading against my name. Truths about what? I kind of like, so it's not visible to Mauer, like, put a hand on uh, our buddy Faustus here? And, like... The truth's about her crusade. He steps forward another step. Raises a hand up to the side while gazing away. And of course, the truth about her death. But of course, I suppose he would have told you by now, would he have not? He looks back toward you, Faustus. Or are you kept in the dark about this too? He'll glare at him and then cast a fireball at him. I, I am interrupting his casting because that takes a second. Yeah, if she grabs his hand, then he can't finish the motions. But I yes. want to make him a toast That's, boy. That is literally only if you guys decide that is a course of action. That is a lot. Yeah. No, it, it's because fine. Mechanically, that's not a thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah, he starts to uh, move his uh, arm. Yeah, and recognizing Fireball by this point, <laughs> she compelled uh, grabs his wrist and is just like, there'll be time for that later. Such a temper. Yet I'm not the one who is keeping secrets. Well, I suppose I'm not sharing them right now, but that is because you haven't asked the questions and so politely come to visit me. Still, I suppose I will see you all then. Tell Mr. Starkers it was a shame not to see him this time. I wish you all well. He pulls his cloak around himself, and there is this pale blue mixed with a subtle purple that wraps around him as it pulls together and he assumes the form of a bat spinning at the point of where his torso was. That takes wing and moves the air. The other man at the side uh, 
makes a motion with his hand towards one of the horses currently still held in this lowering flames. The burnt and seared flesh off of it, it rises back to its feet in a flash of purple light, and he moves to it and climbs astride it, cutting it free from its bindings with a large sword kept it aside. And a moment later, he departs as well. So no threat to the city then? Just an invitation to dinner. He's trying very hard to appear disinterested. We need to see what happened to Palas. uh, Actually, is Palas on the way to his house? Yes. It is, actually, yes. We should stop by. We should visit him. He's likely not going to try to kill us himself, although there are various creatures on the grounds that may attempt as much. It's not so much that he gives us his protection as he just doesn't those himself that he invites. That said, it might be a bit cathartic to kill some of his minions when they start something. Also, it'll be it'll get us closer to two of our... You took the crypt on the way in, maybe. He puts the uh, Stefan Marr doll back in his pack. I'm sorry, I lost my composure. And he turns and walks off the wall. Ah! <laughs> oh, wait, you meant probably down the regular way. <laughs> yes, yes, down the normal <laughs> person stairs. Okay. Conrad, I think the siege is over. Wonderful. Moore came out to invite us to his estate. Wonderful. Faustus looks at him silently with a stony look. Yes. Faustus turns and walks away down the street. He just blinks a few times, trots off to the others. Um, is everything all right with uh, everything? I'm sorry, was that too? Faustus uh, walked off, so I walked over to you guys. Okay. I was making sure. Um, well, Plas is apparently sacked, so there's that, which begs a question. Um, because you didn't see like a flaming body sail out of that carriage when he blew it up, right? Because you'd think there's one thing he would have taken from Palas. Yes, well, we'll know the truth of things soon. Do you have anything else to use against him? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Did he overextend himself? Say anything he perhaps shouldn't have? Um, he said some stuff about. Um, someone's not telling Fastus something. Nobody ever tells me anything, though, so I'm not really, you know, kind of... I implied that you're keeping seizures from Faustus. Just sort of presses a palm against his forehead. Which is probably true, but it's also probably a method of having inner turmoil because it's more amusing to each other. No, he's right, and we need to settle it now if we're going to see him. We need to find Faustus. Let's bust out that zone of truth. Yeah, that was on the that was a plan on the docket. Fastest, where were you going? He's going to Zone of Truth. Uh, he's going to try to find the uh, wherever the criminals are buried. Okay, I'm not telling anyone. Okay. Um. Hmm. All right. Well, let me think about this for a moment. <laughs> this is the problem with these weird like. Kresk is a <laughs> difficult one to determine that for. Like Palas, I could tell you in a heartbeat. Kresk is a weird one. I. Unless you ask, I think it's not really able to be parsed, to be honest. We should probably go to Palas anyway, because there's so many, like... There will be plenty of dead in Palas. You could get that more fire on the guy. Um, There's going to be lots of dead people there, at least a handful of criminals. But you do you. Like, if you want to ask or use some method to detect this, um, Uh, feel free. But, like, just determining where from just by sight, I don't think we feasibly do. I guess there's not, like, a gallows hanging... (laughs) None this town. <laughs> uh, there is in plus, but none this town. 
if there's not a graph digger, then he'll look for. Is there like a normal Undertaker or? Uh, no, there is. There, must there be a is a digger somewhere. Yeah, there's. It's not like a regulated job. As common as Sensia is with death, this town is so reliant on each other that they're willing to do the work for each other. Um, as for finding someone who makes the coffins, though, that's easy enough. Okay, and yeah, he'll bang on the door. Yeah, you see out from kind of the open area workshop where the signs hanging over the edge, a kind of gruff man with a mustache that looks very much akin to a walrus. Uh, such a side um, pipe hanging out of his mouth. I help you. I got some troubling information from a friend. Where are the criminals buried in this town? I think a friend of mine was buried with something of mine. Of course, it's always coming in with intent. (sighs) Takes the pipe out of his mouth and scratches the side of his ear where you can see a number of flakes of dandruff fall off. (sighs) Direction's enough if you need someone to show you. Directions are fine. Just head on back. Hill before the abbey, kind of off to the side. Regular graves are there. Check the area behind the bad trees. You can tell them they're black. Not much living there anymore. Figured that's the best plot to put them. Thank you. Sleep well. The danger has passed for now. It's always danger. Doesn't really matter what sort. Don't go digging up bodies without someone willing to help put them back in. I don't think people care too much about those folks, but some still have kin. I'll replace them. Just makes a nod with his head in the direction of it and wanders back inside. Yeah, he'll head there. Yeah. Um, you find the regular graveyard. Um, there are many places where graves are right behind houses, but this area is for those who either didn't have the same homes or more public burials. Um, with a little bit of maneuvering, you find your way over past a field, like just kind of a row of three trees right next to each other, two very distinctively dead and one on its way out, only a few leaves clinging to it. Fruit, uh, fruitlessly. Um, but you step past and you see a number of lowered mounds, um, a few stones placed, not really anything resembling a headstone, except for, well, a couple of them do, but not many. Yeah. He'll, uh, is he in sight of any windows or people? Uh, no, this area is very distinctively not. They don't have to think about it. Okay. And yeah, he will set about, uh, raising two, two bodies. Um, okay. It's still not a simple process, just because you're not exactly sure as the baleful tone of the bell rings out. But once again, you find yourself at the control of two emerging from the dirt. Uh, Are you uh, assisting in any way where you hear thuds against some wood sound? Uh, He'll he'll command them to command them to be still and. He'll take a seat on the ground and uh, rest. Basically, do a short rest. Sure. Okay. Codrad, how are you going about looking for Faustus? Um, I'm going to head off. I suppose still on the horse after him, after the direction he went when he okay. turned away. Um, make me a survival check to track. Um, you don't survive. And he mm. dies right there. Oh no. New character. Um, what do we call the roundabout saving throw? To be continued. Uh, 15. Are you at all trying to hide other than the fact that you're in a place where you can't easily be seen? Uh, he's not really trying to hide. Okay. It takes you the better half of an hour, Conrad, to eventually find where he is so occluded from just 
easy sight. Uh, really, it wasn't until you found yourself going by the carpenter's place and that he gave you directions to where he saw your last traveler heading off to after stupid agendas. In his words, by the way. Sure. Just making it clear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can easily see Faustus, you see, is a dull illumination of a white horse steps between the trees. Faustus. Yes? We need to talk. He doesn't turn to look. Talk about what? To talk about Arcelia. What about her? Conrad hops down off the, uh, the horse. Mora knows a great deal. More than I do, most likely. But I'm going to have to be completely honest with you if we're going to survive his mansion. Okay. Honesty. He uh, puts his hand out and waves it across, mumbling, and Everson's name may no falsehoods pass his lips. And he's going to cast Zone of Truth. If either of you would like to make, I believe it's a charisma saving throw, to be able to tell lies. I choose to fail. I'm going to try the roll. Worth noting, he will know if you succeed the roll. Won't lie, James. When you said cast zone of truth, I heard cal zone of truth. Nice. Uh, it's a wisdom uh, save against either. fifteen. Okay. I, oh, wisdom. Save. I rolled a twelve. E- either way. So. Okay. I'm so, like cool save okay, against twelve. Yeah, I was right. Ha. Fuck you. Sorry, I was looking at raffles might just above it. Oh wait, Still. if it had been a wisdom save, I would have passed. But, but it's not, not a charisma save. Yep, it's charisma. So, uh. You have both failed now. Yes. The area inside here, the very thin layer of slushed snow over hardy ferns and grasses, shadowed over by three trees and a number of low stones, flashes briefly white and kind of wash that hosts over an area, encompassing you both. Was there a need for this between friends? Sometimes it's nice to be certain. I'd be happy to let you step out of it if you like. I'm not here to interrogate you. It's fine. Wait, is it fine because he couldn't say that if he's in the zone of truth? <laughs> it's not fine. Yeah, actually. Is it fine? He can't lie. Yeah, it is fine. Okay. It's that particular this aspect is bullshit. of it. And then he's like, oh, wait. He does not feel the need to uh, step outside the circle. In fact, stepping outside of the circle would just be more insulting than, than anything. <laughs> First, the things I told you of Arcelia's exploits, they were all true. She was amazing. She was the best of us, really. I know. I just wanted you to know that I never lied to you about that. The parts I was not truthful about were because I don't know the full truth myself. And part of the reason I've been attempting so hard to aid you on your path is because I want to find out. You believe you lied to me, right? By omission, yes. Then what is the truth? He opens his mouth a few times, closes it. During your delay... Ruprecht slips back between the spaces of the trees and leaves you alone. Boy, thanks, buddy. I thought you were going to say, between the spaces of time and space. In the back of your head, you hear, you got this. (laughs) Just like in the Zone of Truth, I wish my horse were still here. (laughs) Ruprecht had to step outside the Zone of Truth to say, you got this. (laughs) Damn it, I was actually going to do that joke. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you something. Arcelia died by my blade. He turns to look at Conrad with a blank, stony expression on his face. You killed her? I did. Why? Because I had reason to believe she was working for more. Reason to believe? You think she was working for more? If I didn't think so, I couldn't have told you so. Why? Why did you think that? 
from a position unseen, I saw her bow to one knee as if in fealty to him. She was clever. She was smart. She would never work for, for more. I thought so as well, but without having firm hold on someone, I couldn't believe that Mora would ever allow such a powerful Inquisitor to stay non-coerce on his side. And in light of that, in light of her unique ability to destroy everything we'd done from the inside, I had to make a decision before I left. And you, Mora just walked up to the gates of the city. I burnt his carriage to the ground because he brought it. We could have perhaps ambushed him at the gate. No one else left into action. You know what would have happened, Valsus. I thought I knew a lot of things. But tell me exactly what happened. So, so many people died. It was not even a close battle. I was one of the few that penetrated to the inner sanctum. You know as well as I do that if that Arcelia was reasonable, if she were to try such a daring gambit, she would have told somebody. Was she fighting with you? Against you? Was she in the battle at all? Yes. She fought up until that point. And how did it happen? She came back, not saying a word about it. And that was the point where she could have easily turned one against another, ended any of us, all of us. So I made a brash decision. To this day, I regret it. How did it happen? Did, did she even have a chance to defend herself? I didn't want her to suffer. What did you do? Did you look her in the eye? Did you lie to her? Did you, did you hit her in the back with your axe? I didn't. What happened? I didn't have to. Mora had her blade and she handed it to him. I don't care if she gave Mora a hundred swords. Did, did she approach you as a friend unarmed? What did you do, Conrad? I looked her in the eye and apologized. Even then, I would never be able to strike her in the back. It was quick, and it was painless. Did she say anything? What were her last words? Or do you even know? The last words of hers I heard came before the battle. An inspiring battle speech. This was before you say she bowed to Moore and gave him her sword. The one that I spent four and a half weeks on. The one that... Oh, that I don't care. Correct, yes. I don't care about the sword. But the reason I never told you any of this is because later, when one of her effects was a diary, the diary had no inclination towards betrayal, exactly as one would expect from a loyal inquisitor. Out of character, did Faustus get this diary? Did he? I probably would have sent it to him if it were my decision. It detailed out large swaths of her trip. It wasn't the entire thing. She wrote constantly. Every day, sometimes more than once a day, she would consume an entire page of paper. She recorded incessantly, and so this didn't amount to all her trips to Stensia, everything that she had done. There were many other things that weren't accounted for in there. But it did account the times that led up to the battle, and how this particular journal was only a third of the way through. A couple of pages already dated to be filled in. It talked about, oh, do you want, uh, would you like more? Or would you like to go from there? Any more description would be good. Sure. It detailed many things. This one was particular when she was prepared for the war effort itself. Talking about recruits she had, things she knew about them. Not all of them, not all of them had time for that. She 
spoke to all of them, but (laughs) they didn't all necessarily deserve their own page. She had a number of people. She was excited. She was terrified. Things like this hadn't been attempted in years. Church history hadn't remembered trying to attack the home of a vampire progenitor themselves. They're all uniquely powerful, and so it was her turn and time to attempt one. And as it approached the end, it talked more about her concerns, her worries, the things that she would never say out loud. She always attempted to be a living beacon of hope, but she kept some of these things private. Thoughts, stray pictures she sketched into there poorly. And thoughts of home, worries about the events. And the last page was only half filled, as it was expected to be continued upon returning, talking about how worried she was for the lives of everyone going in, how she knew some lives would be lost no matter what, how it would be impossible not to, but how she wished to accomplish something great and free great evil from this land, and how she was wanting to do so not for fame, by no means. She was so scared of being thought of in the wrong way, not of poorly, but she wanted people to see true hope in Nestrod, not a person, an idea. And she wanted to return home proud of that. And the last part is a blessing to the angels and a wish to go home safe. I read the diary. Yes. I read it until I fainted from lack of food. Think. I don't remember that time well. And all she wanted at the end was to go home. That was her last writing, at least. It didn't work, but... If not for you, she might have come home. Yes, and by now I truly regret what I've done. Truly sorry. And that is why I've not only tolerated your search for the art of reanimation, but aided it in flagrant disregard for the teachings of the church. Because if the the church taught me things that led to that, I don't think I can finish that sentence. I hope you never find peace, Conrad. Not for this. As my Faustus. What am I to you? A friend that I fear for. I release you from that. Conrad Starkers, you are no friend of mine. I trust you on the battlefield. And I trust you to assault Moore's Keep with me. I just hope that it goes better this time. And he'll uh, command the uh, zombies to start clawing their way up. The clearing is filled with the... Noise, as from below some of the piece of earth, the slush and snow shakes with just off-rhythmic hits and blows being dealt from below. A number of seconds later, a gnarled gray fist emerges from the earth. It followed bri- quickly by a second, and a body, a man dressed in tattered leathers, pulls himself free, cracking his head as he rolls it round, pulls him up entirely. You can see the spaces in between his flesh as he does so. The other one follows after uh, another man, this one with the draggled hair, long and gnarled, and the bottom jaw seems to have fallen off. Both emerge out, tattered and covered in dirt. They move over until they flank you, Faustus, shambling in your direction. He looks at Conrad silently with a stony expression. At this point, Conrad's stare is vacant, off into the distance. Any other secrets? Did you plot with the others against me? Then if you have nothing else to say, leave me to my work. Just sort of going to sit on the ground, lean against a rock, and stare off in the distance. It's cold. It soaks through your paints pretty quickly, even any pieces of uh, cloth and open skin. Yeah, Faustus will do his work without speaking to Conrad again. 
if he didn't rest long enough for an arcane recovery, he'll do it now and then cast animate dead again. Okay. It's a weight, laborious, and then once again, you gesture with that baleful sound, and more coffins break, and the earth churns, and the unending ranks of the dead continue swelling. And when he finishes with his work, he'll uh, take them out to uh, into the forest and basically stash them. Sure, it's some hard there. traveling. It's some hard traveling to move to the one area that isn't bound by wall. It is unforgiving terrain and forested over. There's a reason they don't consider it to be a worrisome part, but they need not worry about pain and they need not worry about tiring. So you set them to move out that way, and they do. Yeah, once once he stashes the zombies, he'll uh, he'll actually he'll give them orders basically not to basically to pretend to be dead and uh, even let themselves be buried or otherwise make no indication that they're animated if someone comes across them. As you issue the command, they cease moving. They're off balance and weak tendons just drop them to the ground, falling like sacks. And he'll go back to town to uh, sleep in his room. Does anyone have anything else for the end of the day they particularly wanted to accomplish? Or at least before the end of the session? Nah, Conrad's not even going back. Um, no? Alright, then I think that's a pretty good place to call it for now. Well, we'll return to this at a later point. Alright. Hoofah! <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy that one, Internet. I think we should end the recording there. <laughs> <laughs>